5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis. Major incident modes declared at the QEH and the uh, RAH, white uh, alerts or white incident alerts, which means, means that the staff were basically struggling to cope with the pressure on emergency departments, while the newly opened uh, ED at Flinders, well, that was overcome by ramping and that isn't what the new ED is all about, supposedly. Chris Picton is Shadow Health Minister and joins me now. Chris, good evening. Thanks for your time. Oh, no worries. Good evening to you, Matthew, and to your listeners. Certainly concerning all of this. Well, it is concerning. I mean, ultimately, it's concerning for the staff who have to work in such situations, but it's also really concerning for those patients who need urgent care. Um, and we have seen this situation, unfortunately, getting worse and worse. The last figures that came out in the last few days have shown that ramping is now uh, increased by 400% compared to what it was four years ago. So it really is at dangerous levels now. And I think lots of people are looking at this situation or this dangerous situation in our hospitals and saying, well, if we can't cope in South Australia without COVID cases here now, how could we possibly cope if we do end up with a COVID outbreak in this state? Mm. Uh, you only have to look across at what's happening in New South Wales and... Uh, you know, people are complaining about two or three or four hour waits ramping at hospitals uh, in New South Wales. Well, last night at Flinders Medical Centre, uh, there were two patients who were ramped for seven hours at Flinders Medical Centre here in South Australia. Mm. Uh, and that comes, as you said, just after the government uh, had opened their uh, parent solution for ramping, which was a, a project, an $8 million project at the Flinders Medical Centre where they closed 30 beds inpatient in the hospital, 30 acute medical unit beds, uh, and changed them into 30 emergency department beds. Uh, and this was something where a lot of the doctors, paramedics and nurses groups said, well, this probably isn't going to fix ramping, just switching beds from one type to the other. And unfortunately, that has proven to be the case. And we're now in a situation tonight where uh, we've had ramping again at Flinders Medical Centre, uh, it was last night as well, and now the Royal Adelaide and the QEH have had to declare uh, these major incident alerts uh, because they've uh, got so little capacity. Uh, and obviously, that lack of capacity in the hospital system flows through to ambulances being ramped outside, and then it flows right through to ambulances not being able to respond to urgent cases in the community. And we know we now have the worst ambulance response times on record where uh, a third of Category 2 patients, these are lights and sirens patients, they uh -huh. might be um, heart issues uh, or the like, uh, and a third of those aren't being seen on time. Uh, and then for Category 3 patients, uh, these might be falls in the community, uh, a lot of them are elderly patients, 60% uh, of them aren't being seen on time. So it really does flow right through the hospital and unfortunately affect people who need those urgent ambulances to come to them. Yeah, and uh, I've just got a tweet actually or a bit earlier tonight um, from somebody saying, uh, if I've read and listened to reports correctly, for every 100,000 infected with COVID, 75 will need ICU, which means out of a million people in Adelaide, that's 750 minimum beds for Adelaide. Where are they? Well, it's a very good question. Um, we can see what's happening in New South Wales at the moment. and They've got, uh, I think, well past 800 now patients with COVID in hospital and uh, I think approaching 200 people in the ICU um, with COVID in New South Wales and all the expectations are with the cases that we've seen there in the past week that uh, the government in New South Wales have said that they're expecting a peak of hospital demand in October there now. Mm. 
Um, they had, a, a, frankly, a better running health system, according to all the national figures uh, than we've had. Um, and if they've got that situation there where they're being overwhelmed, uh, then we, we are in a very serious situation uh, here in South Australia. And I think this really does highlight that we do need to uh, urgently put in place additional resources, additional staff. Uh, we know that there's been redundancy programs over the past couple of years that have seen 120 nurses uh, have redundancy packages. Uh, well, you know, let's pick up the phone to those nurses and see if we can get them back. We need all hands on deck to make sure not only we can we deal with this serious situation we're facing in our hospital system now, mm. but also potentially uh, if we do see a COVID outbreak, uh, which we're hopeful doesn't occur, uh, but there is uh, obviously the potential that that could occur. Yeah, indeed. The the taxi situation, as you mentioned, and I mean, that's concerning as well that we're resorting to cabs. Uh, I don't know what we know, what the taxi response time is, but uh, hopefully they're turning up at least. Well, that's right. I mean, um, uh, we had evidence this week from the Ambient Service that over the first five months of this year, uh, for 600 patients who had requested an ambulance, uh, they got sent a taxi instead. Mm. Um, and there was a caller to Leon Biner's program this morning on 5AA from a, a paramedic herself who was saying, well, these are really difficult situations. Um, and we don't really like sending taxis, but often we're faced with a situation where we have multiple calls for ambulances and we don't have enough ambulances to respond to them and yeah. we're forced to do this. Um, so it is sort of, unfortunately, desperate times forcing those desperate measures. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there are serious questions about if a person's condition is worse than the person on the other end of the phone uh, had diagnosed them, or if their condition was to worsen in the back of a taxi, uh, who's responsible, who's liable in those situations? Obviously, taxi drivers don't have the experience yeah. and training that a paramedic does. Um, and, you know, there could be, unfortunately, very serious consequences. You wonder what happens after all the cabs are ramped. Are we going to suggest to people, you know, the, the time the 861 bus comes past and they can hop on it? Or is, that, is that next? <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are in a pretty desperate situation where, um, you know, it, there had always been a, um, a push from the ambulance service to encourage people uh, not to drive to hospital if you're in an emergency mm. because you, uh, you know, you, yeah. things could worsen on the way. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, we're hearing more evidence that people are being advised uh, either formally or informally to do that because mm. of the lack of available ambulances. Yeah. I mean, just tonight, um, we've had a, a, just sorry, this afternoon, uh, at two, two o'clock this afternoon, there were no ambulances across the Adelaide Hills and the Fleurieu Peninsula, according to the Employees Association. Um, and so Victor Harbour, Gore, Stirling, Mount Barker, Woodside, Murray Bridge had no ambulances in their area because they were responding to other cases. Wow. Um, and so there was another code, which is called an Opstat White, which mm. was called for the ambulance service because they simply just didn't have enough resources Goodness. to meet that demand. Good question from Susan's come through on the text line. Why are so many going to emergency? No COVID, barely any flu in SA. What's causing the huge overload? Um, well, that is a good question. I mean, I think that there certainly isn't any flu or any COVID. Um, we do know that there are obviously people who have chronic health conditions. We have an ageing population in South Australia. Um, but we do know that the statistics that came out earlier this year for the first, I think, four months of this year showed that there wasn't an increase in the number um, of patients attending at emergency departments this year. 
Um, now, there may have been some increase in complexity, but we're not seeing an overwhelming uh, number of additional presentations at our hospital system. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, we've got to a situation where we've cut down to the bone uh, and it is placing that pressure and we've got people stuck in hospital, unable to get out to um, alternative care, uh, respite care or subacute care that they might need in the community. Uh, that blocks up beds and that ultimately means people get stuck in the emergency department. I mean, regularly, uh, day to day, we've got 100-odd people uh, who'll be stuck in emergency departments waiting for a bed in the hospital. And that obviously then flows right through to the ambulance service, unable to get those people inside. Mm, there we are. All right, on it goes. Chris, thank you for your time tonight. Appreciate it. And, uh, well, let's let's hope it gets fixed soon. Thank, thank you, Matthew. you. 5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis.